It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Ooh, we are excited to be here again. John, they just keep winning. They not only keep on winning, Dan. They keep on winning decisively. They keep winning in multiple dramatic fashions. Mm-hmm. And Dan, I hope you're sitting down for this fact because mm-hmm. I, I want to open the things with facts. You know, we like to educate the people who matter who listen to the Garden State of Hockey. Just to peek behind the curtain, I definitely pace, but I have sat down for this fact. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So, as of this recording, prior to Monday night's game, the Devils have the third best record in the entire NHL. The only teams with better records, more points in the stands, and also more wins. Everyone can name them if you're a Devils fan, by the way, because you've been staring at the standings for the last two weeks. It's Boston (laughs) at 14 and 2, Las Vegas at 13 and 3, and Las Vegas actually lost a game recently. So the New Jersey Devils are the current league owners, the league leaders, if you will in terms of wins in a row. And how many wins is it now, Dan? Nine. Which Nine. Is what we said to the last five seasons as we rejected them, and we go into this one. And, man, you, you said it well when you said they're still winning decisively. I, I wouldn't say that, you know, compared to some games earlier on the season, thinking back to the Islanders, Columbus, uh, games like that, uh, the second Detroit game, uh, you know, those were steamrolled wins. But yeah. this is the kind of thing where the process leads to the results every time. Even if the flow of play was dictating a different result in the given moment in the game, the Devils are getting the results they deserve. That's the end all be all of this. Whether or not it yes. happens in dramatic fashion on the deserve to win meter these nine games, there has been maybe what one where they weren't leading that charge. 
Correct. I think that was and against that would, Ottawa. No, that oh, would be okay. the first game of this week, this past week against oh, okay. the rematch against Calgary. <laughs> okay, there you go. Which is annoying because Calgary literally played the night before and blew a big lead to the Islanders mm-hmm. the night before. So already you had the notion of, oh, you know, Calgary's going to be upset with the Devils because, you know, Calgary plays dirty, Dan. You yeah. know, Daryl Sutter, Daryl Sutter and the Flames, they get this reputation for being tough, being gritty, hard character. And of course, after the game, it's how come they called that penalty in overtime? Yeah, that yeah, was not so tough. They were rough, though, in both games, both in Calgary and oh. in New Jersey. But uh, yeah. understandably, for all the reasons you said, they came back and they looked better than the Devils for large stretches of that game. And yet, oh, yeah, good teams find ways to win games, John. Good teams find ways. Yeah, the surprising thing is, again, you know, after weeks of the Devils just throttling opponents in the run of play, the Devils got outshot 14-5. to Vitek Vanacek literally had to be the team's best player in the first period, and even then there was still some damage done because Nazim Kadri was wide open on a power play. But you're at one nothing, and then the Devils get, once again, goals from the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Graves dropping a hammer. And, you know, to tie it up, thanks to Nico Heischer and Thomas Tatar. And then during a Devils power play, a five-on-three power play, uh, Dougie Hamilton finishes the drill, makes it 2-1, despite the fact that, you know, again, Calgary was dominating, you know, the run of play. And then in the third period, of course, you're just hoping you're at 2-1. You're just hoping don't do something dumb and give Calgary an opportunity to tie it up. And, of course, Miles Wood did not listen to that. Hooks Andrew Mangiapane, mm-hmm. and that ends up with the Tyler Toffoli PPG to tie it up. And then as embla- emblematic as Calgary's lo- winless streak, I should say winless, not lo- losing, because they did get some extra points in overtime. Jacob Markstrom gave up a bad goal mm-hmm. to Nico Heischer right up the rush. It was a good shot, bad goal combination, breaks <laughs> the game, and the Devils amazingly held on to win. There was a lot of added praise for Nico's wrist shot, like what he was doing to roll his wrist over. There's a lot of questions about it um, from the press afterwards. I think Nico was more like, yeah, I definitely worked on my wrist shot, but I'm just as surprised as you are that that went in. (laughs) Yeah, that was a shot that Jacob Markstrom just should have stopped. He just should have stopped. He played both games of the back-to-back for Calgary. I honestly expected Dan Vladar to get the game, and I even snarkily commented through the team's, um, I'm sorry, through the site's uh, Twitter account that, you know, maybe Dan Vladar would have stopped that shot, but thankfully he wasn't in the net. Markstrom let it in. Devils up 3-2, win a game where they were actually beaten in the run of play and you could watch that game and especially in that first and third period and go yeah new jersey was just not the better team but they mm-hmm. won so good grand good move on to the next find game. ways to win that's what we're talking about this is this is the situation where before when the devils would sneak defeat from the jaws of victory by letting up you know three goals in a minute and a half or whatever it was mm-hmm. it feels like the opposite there's very very stable However, they flirted with exactly what you just feared yes. in their second game last week against Ottawa, a team that not also has been on a winless run themselves when they came to the Rock. And on top of that, Dan, were winless on the road when they yeah. arrived at the Rock. They had zero points in something like four road games. Okay, not a ton, but still not very good if you're the Ottawa Senators. It's a big reason why 
despite the underlying numbers that were pretty decent for Ottawa, you know, they're sitting at four, seven, and one for the game. And even though Thomas Tatar finally scores his second goal of the season after many attempts gone awry. I mean, how good know, has he been though? How he's been, been playing exceptionally that? well. Thomas Tatar and Eric Halla and players like him are kind of like, and I'll include John Marino and jo- Jonas Siegenthaler in this fact too. If you recognize those players as playing really well, that tells me that you know more about hockey than just, you know, the highlights. Like, oh, it's the little have... things. It's the little movements here and there, the little it's things like... that, like, the way Tatar has been along the boards, the way he's been forechecking, he's created so many extra moments of yes. offensive pressure for the Devils. He's been someone yeah. that is so involved. And in the neutral zone, he is just running guys down he he doesn't care who you are he will find you and he will take the puck from you he is playing like a man who wants to be paid four million dollars next season and the following three seasons and Mm -hmm. and honestly he's starting to earn that to a degree i don't think he'll get that contract but that's how he's playing and to be fair if you want to get the most out of a jack hughes a jesper bratt a nico heischer and so forth um you know this gets preached often which is if you don't have the puck and you're on offense become an option get open don't stay in one place and just wait for things to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a power play where you just have to stand in front of the goalie and not block your own guy's shot. You know, make yourself an option. And Tatar has been doing exactly that without getting the result. Finally gets it in the slot mm-hmm. in the first period. And then disaster. To, well, maybe not disaster. That's a little dramatic. But yeah. bad things happened. Shane Pinto redirects a killer pass by Claude Giroux to convert a power play. Just yeah. over a minute later. All five Devils are caught low and Travis Hamannick's wide open and Hamannick finished the drill. Shane Pinto seems to have absorbed all the uh, ability and combined talent of every one of his family members that was at this game because they continued to talk about it throughout the game and uh, he continued to score goals. He did. He is from Franklin Square. He is from Long Island. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this was effectively a, you know, a homecoming of sorts. And Mm -hmm. Pinto himself, he was a... uh, early second round pick of that 2019 draft he's actually okay the 2019 draft is still developing to a degree but he's already starting to show off that he's something here mm-hmm. um but yeah you're down 2-1 now you know you took a penalty and you paid the price and then you got caught down low and you paid the price again and now you're starting to think to yourself is ottawa going to start getting some w's on the road here at mm-hmm. the expense of the devils thankfully the second in the second period the Devils really got their offense going with 21 shots on Anton <laughs> Forsberg. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, of all the shots that went in, it was, of course, a uh, a classic jam play. You know, M- Michael McLeod taking the puck to the net. Miles Wood banging in the rebound. It's three to two. Uh, but the Devils yeah, tried their best really to... quickly, too. Like... It was. Yeah, it was one of those blink and you'll miss it type of plays. Mm-hmm. But again, in the third period, you're up three two and you're thinking to yourself, Okay, just nothing bad happened. And of course, Shane Pinto scores early in the third period, and you're just like, oh boy, it's yeah. now gonna be it's now gonna be a game. Oh, and also, Dan, I forgot to mention there was something terrible that happened in the second. This was the true disaster yes. of the Ottawa game. Dan, well, what was that disaster? True disaster was Thomas Shabbat believing that he has the right to Vanacek's crease more than Vanacek did and running into his head because of it. So this led to, uh, you know, obviously Vanacek being down the ice for a little bit of time. He ended up staying in the game for a little bit more, but then he had to be replaced by Akira Schmid. He was pulled by the, um, I assume he was pulled by the concussion spotters, but uh, it seems like no. he's avoided the worst, right? Or did they just take extra precautions with him? It was it was precautionary. Lindy Russ. I guess said with after Blackwood, the game, it was precautionary. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was precautionary um, because I think if it was the case of the concussion spotter, they would have pulled him out immediately. They wouldn't Got have it. let him play another, you know, the rest of the second period and the first. So something wasn't feeling right. The third period. Something wasn't think... feeling right. And Akira Schmid was backing up and he had to come into the game and he uh, and he ended up letting up a goal on the first shot that he saw. No. Oh, no, sorry. That was Vanacek replacing the other game. They're all starting to blend in here. Akira Schmid yeah, was I know. Perfect. All these wins was are just great. messing you up. Uh, Akira well, Schmid was... Uh, you know, he didn't have to do much in the third, but overtime, wow. Yeah, and that that came to the other potential. Day. And this is the sort of thing that once you saw this happen, my immediate thought was, I just saw the winning streak end. Uh-huh. And to be fair, it was a legitimate call. Uh, John Marino slash Brady Kachuk, you know, got him in the hands. Not the hardest call in the, in the world. Not as soft as the fake interference call on Jack Hughes in the third period, where mm-hmm. he got bumped into Anton Forsberg and somehow... Hughes got his first penalty in literally over a season. But anyway, but yeah, you're now defending a four on three. You already gave up one power play goal that night. And you got a rookie goaltender in the net against, you know, Shabbat, Stutzle, Kachuk. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's pretty much. Oh, and Giroux, of course. It was so spooky. You're at, you're, it, it was not only spooky, Dan. At one point, Eric Halla lost to six. So it was effectively a four on two. It was even scary. At that point, it, it was like, I know I, I, I've seen this picture before. I know it's going to end badly. Yeah, but it didn't. Schmid made the stops. Kachuk really should have scored. But and there's some know, really Schmied... good stops. I think there was some combination of good positioning and being in the right place at the right time due to good positioning yeah. and also some dumb luck. <laughs> yeah, he got his blocker out to really rob a late chance there. And then finally, some redemption happened. Uh, Hughes late in overtime loses the puck by the Ottawa blue line. Mm-hmm. Ottawa decides to take a shot and miss the net by a mile, which is in some ways the worst thing you can do in overtime because when you try to aim for the far post, especially with a rising shot, yes, if you pick the corner, you look like a genius. But more often than not, you're going to miss the net and it's going to rim around the corner. And in mm-hmm. overtime, that's often going into no man's lane because you don't have the support there to do so. Mm-hmm. So Jack Hughes hustles like crazy to pick up the rim puck, beats Shabbat to it, and then Shabbat decides... I'm going to hold up Jack Hughes so he doesn't get a breakaway. And then, you know, this is called with less than 40 seconds in overtime. Very poetic that it was Shabbat. I love it. Yeah. He, love sure, it. Wins, he sure wins the draw, goes to Hughes. Hughes passes it to Hamilton. Hamilton um, deeks, takes a long shot. Apparently live, I thought it was Hamilton. Uh, upon replay, he sure tipped it in. Mm-hmm. You win the game 4-3. Winning streak stays alive. Shabbat finally gets punished for his crime. And Schmid gets his first NHL win. Finding ways to win. Whatever the situation is, you find ways to win if you're a good team. And the Devils continue to do that. They're rewarded for this. And again, this tendency showed itself again when they didn't show up with their best game uh, against no. the Arizona Coyotes, but you know the Coyotes—they are not a good team. Let's let's lead with that. They were well, a team that was having a good run, but they are yeah. constructed purposely to not be a good team. The, and no they're actually has... failing at that too, because they're yes. technically within a win of third place in the Central. The Central is kind of garbage. A lot right of now. that, <laughs> a lot of that is due to their goaltender that played against the Devils, Carl uh, Vimelka. He has a crazy goal save above expected 
uh, in terms of what he's done this year. And he's kind of ruining the whole tank for Connor Bedard situation. But that being said, Arizona was coming in riding a high. They looked decent in the first period. It kind of didn't look, um, you know, the end of the shots overall end up being something like 24 to 16 total. There was not a lot of room to do. What was it? 25? 26 to 18. Oh, so close. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But your Whatever. your larger point is well taken here. Like the Arizona Coyotes, happened. the Arizona Coyotes are legit. Like statistically, is like the worst one of the worst five on five teams in hockey. And you would think the Devils were going to just maul them to death. But the first period was the exact opposite of that. And yeah. a big part of it was that the Devils were just really sloppy. A lot of pucks to skates. A lot of passes misfiring. A lot of bad reads. There was a really bad one. I forgot who did it to the defensive zone where. Michelli won a puck in the corner. The Devils, Marino fought like crazy to win it back. And then on a breakout, somehow the the, the first man, the, the guy carrying the puck out, instead of passing it up, passes it across to Michelli. Wide mm-hmm. open. It's like my brother. <laughs> You're not yeah. supposed to make it easy for them. Um, but again, you know, the first period was a classic example of talent outdoing the um the performance, if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, because the Devils did score first in this game. Again, he sure plays it down low to Fabian Zetterloon. Zetterloon behind the net finds Tatar right in front of Vejmelka. Vez- yep. Easy, you know, pass shot score situation, one nothing. Devils unfortunately are uh fallen to a fluke where Dylan Gunther, Gunther, Genther, Genther, whatever Gwent- the rookie, the, the hot rookie on yeah, Arizona yeah. that that they're maybe may or may not be building the team around. Mm-hmm. Um he tries to a pass across the top of the crease dirt near the end of Brendan Smith's second penalty of the game of the period. And Jonas Siegenthaler decides to go down to try to block it. And then the puck ends up ricocheting off his glove and bouncing past to Kira Schmid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schmid was in net replacing, you know, he was starting the game. They were giving Vanacek the night off. And, you know, that's just kind of a bummer for Schmid, you know, to get beaten by that shot of all shots. Thankfully, on the very next shift, Jack Hughes decides to say, right, I can look like Connor McDavid for a hot second. <laughs> Literally just drives drives it down the left side and makes we'll Vajmelka look like with, um, Tatar. Tatar, Tatar. Yeah. Another, another point in Tatar's favor. He's been hot. It's a seven-game and, point uh, streak for him. Seven, Longest of his seven, career. If he scores a goal against Montreal, he will have a three-game goal streak to go along with that point streak, oh, we love which that. would be which we'd love to see. But Jack Hughes made Vejmelka look like a shooter tutor with a perfect shot to the top corner to make it 2-1 literally on the shift after the PPG against. And that's where the score stood, despite the fact that Arizona was, you know, really driving things. Mm-hmm. But then in the second period onward, penalties 
Oh, so many penalties there. And you know what? The special teams did not do themselves any favors in this game. Both the power play and the penalty kill. We'll get back to the power play later, but man, the the Coyotes scored uh, two goals in this game, both on their power play. And really, the second one didn't, it didn't really look so much like a power play goal as in the whole set up around the zone, swing it around, do your thing. Uh, because Clayton Keller just walked past two people pretty much uncovered and flipped it right past Schmidt. Yeah, it was a it was a simple rush play. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was kind of how the Devils power play would only score goals last year. Um and, and again, the Coyotes only had four shots in that entire second period. This was a better period in general for the Devils, but the penalty kill for the Devils. Outside of that first game against Calgary, Dan, they have given mm-hmm. up at least one power play goal. And Arizona, one of their saving graces of the season has been the fact that they actually have a very high conversion rate on their power plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team shoots something crazy, like 25% on their shots. They don't create a lot of shots, Dan, but one out of four going in means you don't have to create a lot of shots. And, right. You know, they got a fluke and Keller made the penalty killers look stupid. Um, The penalty kill would sharpen up as the game would go on, but the devil's power play. um, Well, ultimately they did get a success. Yeah. um, It left a lot to be desired considering that Arizona in the second and third period, Dan handed the devils one, two, eight, uh, three, four, five, six in the final two periods, eight total. And how many shots on net did they get on the power play, Dan? I have I'll give no you a hint. idea. It, it's too it many. Six. Six. It's Just not enough. Six. It's not even one per power play. Oh my and granted, God. some of those, granted, two of those power plays were shortened because Jesper yeah. Bratt killed one of them like about a minute in. And the one after uh, Troy Stetcher's share, hook on Sharon Govich during Bratt's penalty was like 12 seconds or something like that, or 20 seconds, I should say, something like that. So that's whatever. But still, you're playing an Arizona team that doesn't really have any good defensive structure. Most teams have pounded them in the run of play. They hand you eight power plays. You should get more than six shots on net. However, yeah. thankfully, they did get a goal from Dougie Hamilton. They got and maybe the one more, that mattered. And more importantly, Jesper Bokvist beats yep. Eric Halla to leaving the zero goal club. His goal in the in the second period is the first from that line, the third line, um, in quite some time. And... It's his first of the season. A uh, very good effort by Mr. Bokvist. And it also featured Eric Hall getting assist, which leads to the other change that's been happening among the forwards, where Ruff, to his credit, and I praise him for this, is not just going, well, we won eight games. I'm going to keep the lines the same. He's recognizing that one line isn't performing very well. Mm-hmm. Let's switch out Halla and Sharon Govich. Let's give Sharon Govich some minutes with Jack Hughes. Let's give Halla some easier competition since... He's not burying any of his chances on the first line. Oh, but he's trying so hard. He is. He it, The effort, is it's everything but the goal for him. I yeah. feel really bad for him. Like, Matt Barzell is at least creating lots of points while not scoring goals. Yeah. Paula, again, is, you know, in the Ottawa game, he got absolutely robbed by Hamannick's stick. Not the goalie stick, Dan. Hamannick's stick. Yeah. On a rebound. Like, the guy is, is just snake bit. But nevertheless. And you know what? He has a great attitude about it anyway. He's yeah, coming in doing his thing. He's uh pursuing he's doing a great job. Crazy winning faceoffs. Yeah, what an if ad. you recognize that Hall, it's like I said earlier. If you recognize that Hall is playing well, then that tells me you're paying attention to the game, which oh, is yeah. good. You should be paying attention to the game. Anyways, so Ruff maintained that switch from the second period onward, and it looks like it's actually going to continue into their 
road trip coming up, starting mm-hmm. in Montreal tomorrow. Uh, but the Devils did hold on to win this game four to two. They played a very what I'm going to call professional third period. Yeah, it would have been nice if they got that fifth goal. Yeah, it would have been nice if their power play did something of value um, outside of maybe like one scoring chance in the third period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it helped that Clayton Keller broke his stick slashing Yeager Sharangovich to, you know, make sure that Arizona wasn't going to get a third power play goal to, uh, you know, make this game spicy at the end. And mm-hmm. the Devils just held on very well. Dawson Mercer had a chance for the empty netter, didn't get it, but whatever. Uh, very, very, you know, you would have liked to have seen more against Arizona, but yeah. again, you're up 4-2, you're at home, you're handling their business. Arizona had a whopping five shots on net in the third period. You're, you're doing a good job. You it, hold on to win. You win uh, nine in a row. It you almost felt like a lazy that. win. I feel good about like, that. You feel good. It just was like a, it's like a, mm. not lazy, but like, you know what? Like, we know we've got this at one point. Let's just get there somehow. It didn't feel yeah. like a, we are ready to dominate this game from start to finish like the Western Canada road trip did. Exactly. And those games on the trip require those types of efforts just yeah. be, just based on how those games went and how the performances went. And it'll be interesting to see whether that will manifest themselves now that the, the Devils are going to be in Quebec and Ontario this week. Mm-hmm. So they got um, Montreal tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, I believe Toronto Thursday and the typical Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday week. Correct. So they've got Montreal tomorrow night where fun fact about Montreal 23 goals out of 46 have come from exactly one line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirby Doc, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, fear them at your peril, or rather disrespect them at your peril. Fear them if you know. Um, so that'll be a real, that'll be a bit of a challenge tomorrow. Toronto on Thursday. Toronto is in that classic. Everything is dramatic and everything is weird and everything isn't perfect. So everyone's going to freak out mode because it's Toronto, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to disrespect the team that has Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and William uh, Wallander, or Nylander, I should Nylander, say. William, yeah. Wallander. William Wallander is a prospective defenseman for Detroit. I should know that. Mm. Actually, no, that's – look, the point is, is that it, it's Nylander. The point is, is that Toronto is an offensively charged team and can score in buckets at almost any given moment, so that will be a challenge. And then Ottawa, who I'm sure are not particularly happy about the overtime loss – to a rookie goaltender not scoring on a pa- you know denying them on a power play in overtime mm-hmm. devils will get them at 1 p.m and ottawa is actually a successful team at home so i would anticipate ottawa to put up more of a fight on that night um out of all three games i would say montreal's the weakest just because montreal has one scoring line ottawa has two and toronto could have three so that's how i kind of see the games um but yeah, these are going to be interesting tests, and hopefully the Devils come out of this with a winning week, because the following week, Dan, Thanksgiving week, through to the end of November, is not fun. Mm. It is not a fun stretch of five games in um, seven days, or eight days, I should say, uh, where you got Edmonton, Toronto, Buffalo, Washington, and our hated rivals. Uh, so Listen, you know They've keep, handled keep... everything so far. They've handled every test thrown at them. They've done what has been asked them. And and again, at some point, if you're winning nine games in a row, it's got to stop eventually. So uh, to me, I'm looking at that Toronto game saying, okay, that feels like if they don't win that one, I'll be fine with that. To be honest, as I was watching the Ottawa game and the rest of these games, the result to me, while it matters more now that they've been getting them, it's almost like, 
an inevitability in a way that they're, if they're playing well, I'm happy no matter what the result is because they're still fun to watch. And every game they've been playing a brand of hockey that is not tear my eyeballs out bad. And it was, you know, it's something they're they're generating exciting scoring chances. They're getting a lot yes. of opportunities. They're they're playing in ways that they deserve to win every game, whether they do or not. I think that is what I'm looking for. Even in games right. they lose, did they go down with a fight? Did they get themselves, did they keep themselves in that game for a while? Because you're going to lose eventually. But how did they look when they lost? Did they bounce yeah. back immediately the next game? That's what we're looking out for now. They've passed the first test of a tough road trip to start the season after a hot start, having never passed that test in the last couple of years, despite all Correct. the hot starts they've had. So now we go to, okay, everyone's paying attention. People are noticing. We're deeper mm -hmm. in the season now. There are expectations that are higher. Your playoff projections are 90% plus on almost every site you look at now. How are you going to take this start and really make it count. Yeah, it's all, it's ultimately about maintenance at this point because let's be real, Dan. Um, hot streaks end. You mm -hmm. know, no no team goes seventy nine and three. Okay, and you see this in pretty much every sport. You know, even the teams that even the quote unquote great teams that are on hot runs, winning streaks, and so forth, they're going to have nights where you just know that. Look, I'm glad you won the game, but you're just not going to be able to repeat that every night. Like you're not going to get a franchise record two goals in seven seconds. Like you're not going to be able to come back from three, one every time. But the big thing that I'm looking for here, and maybe we'll see it this week. I think we'll see it next week is how well do the devils respond to when they do lose a game? You know, how well do they respond when things don't go their way? How do they respond when, you know, when things aren't to their liking, mm -hmm. you know, are they going to make adjustments or are they just going to say, well, we won the game. So everything's cool. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I was, react to be uncomfortable. Correct. And mm -hmm. to a degree, the Devils, because they've been hot, they've been getting wins, even despite these non-ideal starts to games and non-ideal situations and the penalty kills starting to give up lot, you know, goals on, on the regular and the power plays not functioning. But the Devils are still finding ways to get W's and to get them in a way that makes you go, yeah, it's not like the Devils, you know, just got lucky and won the game. Mm -hmm. So exactly. we'll see. We'll see if that can that run continues. But I'm, I'm hopeful that. um by the way, by how they're playing, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to go from nine wins in a row to go, oh my goodness, now they're going to lose the next nine. Or yeah. they're going to, you know, they're going to just start dropping games all over the place. I do agree, though, that the expectations are higher. And as such, the demand is going to be maintenance. You know, don't follow up this winning streak with a five game losing streak. Don't follow yeah. this up with a seven game winless streak where you get three overtime points or something like you need to go out there and get wins more regularly. And I think the team is equipped to do that, but of course now you got to do it. The process suggests that they have the tools to be able to deliver on this. It's yeah. all about how does youth convert that ex like whatever experience they're getting into the next step. And we've been looking for this year essentially to manifest for a while now. So how can they develop this? How can they, you know, they signaled their arrival. How can they signal their stay? How do they signal their reign right. at this point? Well, so uh, right. but we'll there is one for that. And then uh, what else do we have to talk? Oh, we have a bunch to talk about. Yes, there um, is some good news. Yes. After the Ariz um, Arizona game, um, because the Devils called up Nico Dawes to back up Akira Schmid, they mm -hmm. returned him on Sunday. Yep. So Vitek Vanacek has practiced in full on Monday and he is on the trip. So 
good news, you know, the Devils aren't because that could be one thing that could end a winning streak is losing both of your NHL goaltenders. Yeah, it's one of them to appears usually. to be back. <laughs> uh, one could argue that Shmeed may get the start in Montreal anyway. I'm of the opinion of if Vanacek's good to go, let him get his bearings back against Montreal. Don't do it in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's good news going into this week. And that, you know, provided Vanacek is going to be playing most of the games throughout the rest of this month. Then when December starts, then you can start asking about Blackwood's return. And then, you know, that, you know, some help will come in that sense. And it's a lot easier for the goaltenders to, no matter who it is, to play better when the team's more functional and sound. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, you know that you're going to get the goal support. Yeah, you're you know gonna you're going to get the goal support. support. You're feeling good. Like you're seeing that the team in front of you is spending most of the game in the other team's end. You can really focus on what you need to do with minimal chaos, with with full focus, with really just, I, I don't know, you feel better when the team's playing better. It's a psychological thing as much as anything else, as much as the run of play factor of it comes in. Mm-hmm. It really is just, you just feel better. So Exactly. Um. The vibes in the locker room seem pretty good. I'm happy about that. Hopefully they can keep things up here as the season continues on. We'll be back um, after the Canadian road trip here uh, to get into that week before Thanksgiving. I think around Thanksgiving weekend, the podcast, we'll have to talk about scheduling, but you'll see the releases whenever it happens uh, because there's a lot of exciting games happening around then. This is the meat of the Eastern Conference. The Devils are going to have to beat teams like Toronto, Buffalo, Washington. And again, they may be first in the Metropolitan, but does anyone, us included, think that they're going to finish there by the end of the year? I'm doubtful, but then again, we're at a position right now as we're recording this where the Devils and the Islanders are number one and number two in the division. It's so weird. Um, But of course, Carolina is, you know, they're just five points back and our hated rivals are just five points back. But again, the Devils put themselves in the driver's seat. So the, uh, the end goal here, in my opinion, is finish in the top three. Do not, with the way the Atlantic's breaking out, uh, it's an open question if they're going to send a team to the wild card or not. They could send two, but who knows? It, it's kind of a mess over there. Mm-hmm. But um, the Devils are in the driver's seat. And, um, you know, whether or not the Devils finish first, I, d- I certainly don't expect it. But then again, I thought the Devils would be finishing sixth. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, what do I know? I'm happy to be wrong. All right. So uh, as we await the results of this next week, thank you all again for listening. I mean, it's been so much more fun interacting with everyone when the team is good. No one is surprised by that. Everyone's happier to be here. Um, mm-hmm. So we all hope we keep this up. This has been a great community, and it's such a great community that we even apologize to the coach. Uh, yes. So just to exit apology from the podcast as well sorry lindy we've acknowledged uh both the bad and the good and i think we've done a you know we've done our part in acknowledging the bad but also i think we've done our fair share like you did today in acknowledging the good decisions that he's made and i think a lot of this does have to go to the change in coaching staff as a whole uh, and the change in those middle personnel players those guys that are making the biggest impact and we're seeing them and even those guys that are in that middle um Mercer, Sharon Govich, they're not even fully scoring yet, and this team is doing what it's doing. So, yeah, well, let's all hallmark... keep this up. Let's all keep excited about the Devils. Yeah, that's a hallmark of generally good teams. Like even teams that are quote unquote rebuilding are not that good. They'll have one or two lines or one or two pairings that are good, mm-hmm. but it's the depth that stinks. So the Devils are getting the results throughout all the players because again, it's a team game, and 
you know, those 10 minutes by the fourth line or 11 minutes or 12 minutes by the third line, you know, they, they can make or break the difference in a game. So credit to the coaches for getting the players in full prepared and credit to Lindy Ruff for leading that. Even Mike um, and... McLeod's good this year. Even Mike McLeod's good this year. This is awesome. Anyway, um, yeah, we're obviously feeling good about it. And like you said, credit to the coaches, credit to uh, the staff for this start. Let's keep it up. Let's see how it goes. Let's not pat ourselves on the back yet. But credit to all of you for being passionate and really showing the league how passionate you are as fans. And again, the reason we do this podcast, it's, it's for you guys. It's, it's to talk hockey with people who – enjoy listening to it and uh it's way more fun i'll tell you when they're winning so hopefully oh yeah keep way, way more enjoyable when it's <laughs> w's instead of you know not, not nine straight l's five different ways <laughs> so hopefully that never happens this season okay yeah. this has been a long goodbye long and slow let's just end it simply let's go devils see you next time devils. <laughs>